All right, you know what you're listening to, so we're not going to get into any intros. Anyway, back from the... Uh, <laughs> Two Jews in a microphone. That's just right. Just in case they don't. Just in take, case they don't know. Take, take seven. Uh, we were just talking about glasses, particularly women in glasses, <laughs> and not any woman in glasses like an old secretary or, you know, a little kid, but glasses in terms of someone you're dating. Uh, you were saying you went on a date recently and you weren't really into her because she had glasses. What do you, what do you mean by that? Um, uh, let me go a bit deeper into it. So, okay. I mean, like she, she was super cool and uh, really nice and everything. And yet, and, and, and there were probably other things that I, I didn't like so much about her, but, um, but she did wear glasses and I just noticed, I guess at that point that it's a thing for me that I'm not like that excited about, um, women in glasses because they are, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy. It feels like I'm really discriminating over something that, you know, no one has control. I wear glasses. I mean, I wear contacts, but you know, there are some people and I'm not just going to say women, but some people that, I don't know, you meet them and they just said, Oh, I had laser surgery or something like that. You know, their eyes. Yeah. And, and their face is almost like made for glasses. Do you know what I mean? Like, like maybe there's like some. I, I some... do, but I, I, it's, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg thing because it's like when people say that dog owners look like their dogs. Yeah. You know, yeah, did yeah, that yeah. just happen, or did they both kind of groom themselves over time to look like each other? I, I don't know. If you're, so you're saying maybe the glasses may have shaped the woman's face over the years to kind of like a rock yeah. that's been weathered over eons to look the way it has by the weather. Um, something like that that is what i'm saying or is it just that so happen exactly that some people saying. are born like i mean do you ever look at a kid or someone and say god that fucking kid should have glasses like do you think people <laughs> actually have a face that screams out i need glasses uh it's really weird i don't know and, it, and maybe it's one of those um i'm gonna use the pun optical illusions because le- just like you say maybe <laughs> it's, it's how our brain makes a connection and says, you know, oh yeah, of course they have glasses because whatever. But I, I have this little theory that that faces adapt to the glasses or the eyes adapt to the glasses or the pu- the size of the pupils. I'm not sure, but I, huh. I do think that there's a connection. This conversation might be more apropos than you realize because uh, I'm beginning to lose my vision and I think I need glasses. This is, uh, this is for reading or? This is for reading, yeah. Not, to- not yeah. total vision, but uh, reading is struggling yeah. and... I'm resisting getting glasses because uh, I don't want to have to rely on one more thing. So regarding the girl that you went on a date with, didn't you see her on the, you know, Tinder or whatever online application you were using? I did. I did see her on Tinder and she was in fact wearing glasses on Tinder. Uh, so it's not but, like she uh, duped you. I mean, she didn't. No, no, a- there was no, there was no duping by her. She was very uh, above board about everything. Uh, uh, it just, it made me, you know, at my late age, uh, going out with a 27 year old sounds very, very, very attractive and fun. So of course that plays in her favor, but, uh, well, I don't know something about, I, I could send you a little, um, a little uh, uh, image of, of her, so you can uh, tell me tell me if you think. Yeah, send me is... A, uh, something that I can look at. Well, yeah. So, do you think it was the fact that she was almost twenty years your junior versus the fact that she had glasses? Like, was she talking about pop culture YouTube stars that you had no idea where the fuck they were? No, what? no, it wasn't that, and it wasn't. You know, I'm not as shallow as like it's just the glasses that uh, that did it. But I am. Uh, I'm totally like that. 
Well, uh, they're in your WhatsApp, so you can comment on it directly right now. Okay. <laughs> let's 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 take a look. This is a live. <laughs> Dude, we got we got to do this show on. Uh, so I'm just going to describe this to our listeners out there. Uh, you are almost 20 years older than this person. And I'm just going to say it shows. It shows both in when you look at yourself. By the way, uh, I, our, my our co-host here is a doppelganger for uh, for Sasha Barrett Cohen. By the way, um, I should I, I I know it's it's a small factor, but I just want to say it's 16 years, not 20. <laughs> whatever. So we're looking we're looking at this girl. We we won't say her name. She looks like such a nice girl. Like she's clearly the girl that you would copy off of. I use that analogy a lot, but it's a, it's one I think people can associate with. She's the person that uh, was part of your lab group or your study group in school, and she did all the work. She did it all. Mm -hmm. You just like cool, you know, let, Hel let Helen do it. Um, <laughs> you know, if you didn't look did, at her face, yeah. you'd say, oh, she's she's got nice long brown hair, brunette. It's braided. That's kind of cute. Uh, it appears that her chest is almost concave. Not only does the picture look like there are no breasts, it's possible that someone one time accidentally pushed up against her in a crowd and caused her breasts to go inside of her body. Now, it's, it's okay because I'm not a breast kind of guy. So she's that's, fair, that's she's, not an issue for me. She's fairly slight, so it is possible uh, with uh, not just intercourse, but perhaps even... Uh, medium strength hugging, uh, a hospital visit might be necessitated. And then mm -hmm. when we get to the face, kindness abounds. A little bit of the influence of Genghis Khan, one of his cousins a long time ago, I think, uh, got into that. Ah, maybe got, that's it. Got into the, the DNA. Big, we, we, we've, we've got some almond eye going on. But a She's real, got, Is it a big forehead? Is it, is it that? Yeah, I don't know. She's got a real baby face. Uh, I mean, a baby, much, you know, 27 was the age of Janis Joplin. All the, the superstars died at that age. But is she look, I mean, she barely looks like she's 19. I, I doubt it was the glasses. I think looking at this young woman, the glasses is, adds to her look of cerebral yet potentially sexy in the right atmosphere. Uh, I did notice there's Tibetan flags flying behind her. That's an automatic no-no. That usually swings the... <laughs> <laughs> too far left and unrealistic if you think the uh, tibetans have the uh you know they understand life i mean they live in the fucking middle of nowhere no wonder that their life is peaceful um, <laughs> dude i i it's a really good assessment maybe it is the fact that she's just a little bit too too young looking it's kind me. of like you were hanging out at the playground <laughs> and, and, you, and you didn't go out you didn't go after the girl on the swing thank god but you did go after the girl that was watching the girl on the swing. <laughs> you went after the low-wage afternoon babysitter, but not the low-wage Surinamese woman. You went after the, the low-wage white girl who just got out of college and is, uh, you know, trying to get a few dollars for her theater classes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, buddy, I, I'm disappointed. I, I, it's no wonder you didn't get into that. Um, but let's let's not blame the let's not blame the glasses. You know, I've been trying to work on a sponsor from Specs, a uh, big ophthalmology chain here in America. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think glasses. Uh, first of all, they always make somebody smart. Nobody's threatened when someone's walking down the street and they seem they might seem kind of thuggish. You put a pair of glasses on that. I want you to think of, you know, anybody you saw with you know jeans hanging low, hoodie, 
look kind of out of shape, you know, uh, and just kind of approaching you late at night, coming at you on the sidewalk. You might go to the other side. But if they, glasses, put, no. if they put glasses, what are you doing? Automatically, glasses put you at ease, right? Yeah, yep. absolutely. They, they put absolutely. you at ease. And I do want to say for the record, you know, since Sarah Palin, they definitely uh, turned me on. You know, she, uh, mm-hmm. she definitely changed the look of glasses in America. Yeah. Do you, do you not agree? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, there, there too, you have like uh, Sarah Palin, you have Tina Fey, uh, who looks a bit like Sarah Palin. Um, I can't, you know, I, when, when they wear the glasses, not into them. So who's next? <laughs> so 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 you go you go on this and I and as people just heard this critique, a very very poor choice that you made in a in a potential dating partner. So one date, by the way, on this date, did you guys even touch anything? Was it just sort of like you talked and you were like, I gotta go? Uh, we sat uh, nearby at uh, this uh, this restaurant near my near my place. So she came all the way over from the outskirts of uh, Utrecht. Uh, to 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 be on this date. Uh, well, she doesn't even live in the big city. She doesn't even live in the big city. Oh, she this teaches, is a, you're she dating, you're dating a suburban. You're dating a suburban waif. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Okay, she so teaches she comes at the university here. So explain um, to listeners social distancing. Were you doing that or, or no? Yeah, we were doing it, and, uh, and 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 I have to say, I was very happy for social distancing because I didn't feel like there was this pressure of me <laughs> needing to do anything at the end. Uh, I was like, I'll just be the Mr. Nice Guy here. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we sat at a table uh, with the uh, amount of distance. We did not touch once. I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, we, we really kept the distance. You know, you just brought up accidentally a really great point in terms of social distancing. This could really be helping the dating world because you know, there are many, 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 many dates that you have to go on until you find a great, you know, partner where you're just like, oh, I fucked up. Mm, you know, it was too dark when I met him in the club or, you know, bad profile online. And this really mm-hmm. helps out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So is there absolutely. anybody under uh, under the gun right now that you kind of been checking out their profile that, that's going to be next? I'd love to see a picture and give a, a pre, pre-critique. <laughs> Uh, no, well, you know, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of matches, but sometimes you send that first message and you don't hear anything back. So there's a few of those, uh, which I haven't heard anything back from. Um, in fact, I took a, I took a chance with one girl and like wrote her a, a much longer message than yo or what's up or whatever. Uh, but it did, <laughs> Hold not, on. did you, not do work. You do, <laughs> do you normally, when you're uh, contacting women do you is your kind of initial line yo or what's up yo or what's up is not a good one uh i have been known to do that sometimes uh at at, at times when i've been lazy so i'm you know i'm not gonna say it wasn't me uh you know the best thing to do with the the opening is to 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 try to comment on something in a picture something that they're doing something in the description uh because it shows that you're at least a bit attentive um so yeah, so sometimes it works and uh, sometimes I'm like super uh, lazy and I'll, I'll do a one uh, sentence, but, but, but then there's the rules of attraction, right? If you are attractive enough, like a yo will definitely be enough. Um, well, what are, what are the yeah. rules of attraction, by the way? 
they're the same as they're the same as non uh, like when you're uh, you know non uh, I think it's called uh, IRL. I think that's what the kids call it today. IRL. <laughs> you, you know, uh, being 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 only a kid in the mental capacity. Can you explain to me what IRL is? I, I yeah. Don't. So it, IRL. I saw it in um you know in an ad for an improv class. It said IRL next to it, and I was thinking, what the hell is IRL? Like, why do we not, it, like it, it, it? Don't you hate it when you see this thing that's super like it's so obvious that they advertise it to the world without explaining it, like USA. Um, <laughs> But uh, IRL stands for in real life. And uh, apparently it's being used a lot uh, uh, for a lot of things these days that uh, just to distinguish them from the fact that maybe now the default has been uh, online. The default has become online. So in context, how would it work? Would someone put that under their photo? Like, this is how I look in real life or would they use it? Uh... Oh, no, no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying is the rules are the same rules as they are uh, in real life. Uh, you know, all the good-looking, all the good-looking people get all the matches, and then the the rest are in, you know, uh, I guess, in a, in a disadvantage uh, unless they're they're batting at the their level or less. Well, so my, you, you know, you can help give some clarity, especially to our listeners living in countries where uh, dating is not allowed, uh, where same <laughs> sex is the only way to go. Uh, and <laughs> which, my personal which experience country is that oh right Yemen Yemen we, right. yeah we, we get we, we got we, we picked up two Yemenis we've always had the uh, the Omani person again we don't know who they are we just know from Google stats so where they're living um, we still got the Qatari people uh, which is great um, I'm sure they're natives not expats that are there yeah. um, so that being said you know my last internet dating experience and my only one was uh, at least 15 years ago. And it was so disappointing because nothing was like real life. I just found so many profiles were nothing like the person when I saw mm. them, you know, and I, and it was really, it was terrible. It was like, you know, that's why I don't watch previews for movies. It was sort of like, I saw this preview. I got really excited. I mm. kind of, I kind of imagined how it was going to play out. And then when I saw them, I was like, God damn, this fucking sucks. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you remember some details about what, what was the, was the disappointment, uh, the physical attraction or the, 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 the personality? Uh, you know, for me, they go hand in hand. Uh, a, a good personality helps bump up an average looking person and makes them more attractive. But the opposite happens too. Um, yeah. Most people might know this in relation to their own marriage. Um, but it also happens when you, uh, <laughs> when you, when you first, uh, when you first meet somebody and much like your dating experience, you know, you made a poor choice, but in your mind, you made a good choice. And this, this girl showed up and you were like, ah, uh -uh, I have no interest. Well, I mean, I'll tell you exactly what happened to, to you. Cause it still happens to me. And I, I've been on countless dates through the apps. Uh, but I think what happens is the, the, the brain becomes very optimistic by contact. So, so, you know, if anybody shows interest in you, it doesn't matter who, uh, you just, you know, we like that, right? And uh, we assume the best uh, a lot of times in this person, especially if they are showing their absolute best on this app. And then our, our imaginations take over and we go to the optimistic side of, of attraction. And what we, what we miss, of course, is, you know, all the nuances that you, that you would get to know a person when you, when you meet them in, in, in IRL. So, uh, 
so I would say I'm better at it now. Like I know, I know when my brain is trying to be overly optimistic and I, I already kind of say, well, there's a big asterisk here. I'm not, there's a lot of uncertainty. She could be this or she could be that or, or whatever. Maybe I'm much more pessimistic than in the past, but, but even still, I'll, I'll give a lot of people the benefit of the, of the doubt. And uh, there's a certain curiosity in like kind of turning this like semi blind date into a blind date or like, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot, but you're not seeing everything. I think that's what happens. And when you do, and I remember the first time I did Tinder, like I had a couple of matches and I, I just deleted the app. I remember deleting it and saying like, this doesn't work for me. But then what I had you, a be, second. Because you were so frustrated with what the in IRL was like? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it just didn't. Yeah. I just couldn't like, it was like a learning a new language. To, and I, I noticed I today, like the, the way cameras are set up, it's like, I don't know how they haven't killed photography entirely. Like, the, you know, people take these shots with their cell phones that look like, you know, a skilled photographer's, um, you know, Time Magazine shot. Um, yeah. And I just imagine the levels of deception. Uh, you make fake news seem like there actually is fake news because <laughs> I, I don't know how they're going to even match up. But even 15 years ago, I, I felt that was happening. You asked, I was trying to remember as you were talking anything. And the, the one girl that led to my downward spiral in, in hating the uh, internet dating, I fantasized all these things based on her pictures that were... Um, they were innocent yet slightly provocative in their innocence. Uh, you know, her, her in nature and, you know, just her poses and the lighting. And, it, you know, I, I was able to conjure all things that men would conjure after seeing photographs. But the thing that really got me is she talked a lot about this, um, this character's Zuzu Petals. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what Zuzu Petals was, but she loved Zuzu Petals. And, uh, this was, uh, I don't know. In my mind, I, I, I was sent very erotic, the Zuzu pedals. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was just like, that's fucking cool. And so I kind of tied her whole personality into this fake personality I imagined even existing, which was the Zuzu pedals. And mm -hmm. so by the time I was ready to meet her, I was just expecting this girl who was ready to get down. Um, but, you know, really from an almost nerdy perspective, like the girl you sent me the photo of, but she was letting it all hang out by saying she was in the Zuzu pedals, which seemed very, I don't know, punk rockish or something to me. Okay. I only learned afterwards, because I'm, I'm such an illiterate when it comes to like classic films, that Zuzu pedals is like a main character in It's a Wonderful Life. Is it spelled with an X or a Z? I have no fucking idea. I just remember that it was <laughs> that it was it was phonetically Zuzu pedals. Anybody uh, out there that's seen it's it's wonderful life, which maybe nobody based on our, our listener profile. Um, oh, now I get it. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. You know, this that is one of the uh, this is one of the home homeliest movies. Uh, you know, yeah. ever. Oh, so interesting. The, uh, um, our friend who passed away last, uh, last week, uh, his cat was named Zuzu. Really? Well, uh, I want, you know, he was a great guy. Um, wonderful yeah. man. So I don't want to make fun of him anyway, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was somehow into it. It's, it's a wonderful life. 
Yeah, maybe. Like, I, I didn't realize where this name might have come from. Oh, all right. And I, I, I did just get an update. I thought we'd let our listeners know we had a guest lined up for today. Uh, I uh, apparently he forgot about our, uh, our interview that was coming up. And uh, he just texted and said, uh, fucking at the casino on a hot streak, but I'm cashing out. <laughs> okay. Um, so we, uh, you know, I don't want to hype him up too much until we know he's definitely going to come on air with us. Um, but at least he's acknowledged that, uh, that we're, we're existing. So that sounds great. Going to be a real treat for our listeners today. Uh, real character, this gentleman, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll introduce him when, uh, if he, if he makes it on. He, I, yeah. I mean, he's got great, wonderful dating stories. This guy, we can, we can really hammer him on, uh, on vaginal preference. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, so, I'm looking forward so, to that. <laughs> so looking at the future and looking at the future of uh, dating in times of COVID and, and what, how you might change your choices, you're the next person you're stalking, and I'm sure you're stalking at least one, what do you like about them that's different than the, uh, the glasses girl you dumped? Um, you know, I, uh, I don't think I'm stalking anyone right now. I'm sort of in a, in this uh, very, uh, I don't know, this very domestic state. I have two cats here, so it always puts me in a different mood. And, uh, and yeah, I'm currently not stalking anyone. But that can change, you know, from one moment to the next if there's a match. Uh, I was just looking up this, uh, speaking of stalking, uh, I was looking up this uh, in one of the dating apps just now. And one of the girls that came up is someone I, I know, but she doesn't know me. So you could argue that that's a little bit of stalking. Uh, and she, she worked in this cafe where I used to perform in a long time ago. And I mean, like, this is like 15 years ago or 10 years ago. And, now, when uh, you say perform in a cafe, just so our listeners are clear, you weren't doing burlesque or, or some kind of show with a banana, correct? I mean, I always wear tassels, but I, I never show them. Uh, it's more for me than for anybody else. Uh, no, this is like uh, the, the days where I used to do uh, improv at, a, at, a, at one of the uh, like university cafe theaters here. And, um, and yeah, and she was a bartender there. And I, I always found her like, wow, super, like super cute. But we never exchanged a word. And I've seen her just now on one of the dating sites. And that, of course, gets my hopes up. But I think she's a bit out of my league. How many years ago was this? This was probably more than uh, maybe, t let's just say about a decade ago. And so 10 years later, this person still holds up. Yeah, totally. Because, but, uh, that, but, but wait, that's, that's another question is, do they actually hold up? I think, I think in this case, yes. But in some cases, you, you, you also see a memory of a person you used to know, right? Yeah, of course. I think uh, Mr. Kurosawa has a film about that. <laughs> Does he? He must. About someone he used to stop. He must. He, you know, he, he, he really touches on uh, those things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of, and there's, I don't know, there's probably so much more going on. Like you, you get in touch with a memory, you get in touch with a desire, you get it in the desire maybe hasn't aged in any way. Totally. Completely. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to take a, a momentary break here, and uh, we'll be right back with our listeners. So uh, hold on and get excited because uh, there is more excitement that may or may not be coming.
All right, we're, we're, we're back on the air uh, for all of our 18 listeners in uh, Bangladesh, Qatar, Yemen, Omen, and uh, one shout out to Slovakia. We have our guest, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tony is here. We'd like to give him a big welcome. Hello, Tony. Thanks. What's up? What's up? Uh, and for a, a smallest, smallest background on, uh, on, on Mr. Tony, uh, we are uh, old acquaintances, friends, and uh, fraternity brothers from a long time ago. And, yes, uh, back in the day, much, de much debauchery, dude, to much say the least. That's a kind word for it, right? Very kind word, and I, I think people should know that we actually have two things in common, and probably only two things. Uh, we both are the proud recipients of a fraternal phallus award, and yes. uh, we <laughs> tripod. <laughs> on opposite opposite ends of the spectrum, I should say, one was called the tripod, and uh, mine was called stumper. But <laughs> no, needless, you needless to say, we <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. We both we both got an award, and uh, we're both from Jersey. Yes, yes, for sure, Jersey boys, East Brunswick, East Brunswick proud. Hey, t you know, Rod living in Amsterdam, he's always asking about Jersey and he wants to know stuff about Jersey. How do you sum up Jersey to people? And they're like, what, what is this thing about Jersey? What, what's the big deal? What, what is Jersey uh, like? Uh, surprisingly, surprisingly clean beaches. Um, pizza and food are bar none. The only thing I miss is pizza. I don't really miss the people. Most of the cool people move out. Um, and yeah, it's just like you live close to New York, so that's a bonus. That's about it. Uh, yeah, other, other than that, good food. I enjoyed growing up there, but I think I could have enjoyed growing up a lot of other places too. So you 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 went to Florida, and it seems like you stayed in Florida. You know, Florida is always the brunt of jokes in America. Why did you decide <laughs> to stay in Florida? Um, I just loved it, man. Just chicks half naked all year round. Um, I got there. I, w I didn't have much experience, and I kind of just grew up down there. You know, grew up as a man slut down there now when you yeah. say much experience are you saying before you came to florida like you and the women like kind of weren't simpatico uh i wasn't allowed to go out i was like grounded all the, you know my dad had the lock on me so i was like i played sports and i came right home and that was it um if i dated a girl it was like a month before they realized i wasn't allowed to go out anywhere <laughs> go date anybody <laughs> so uh yeah that shit nosedived real quick but um yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got to I got to tell people I I'm shocked right now because this man in college was a machine. Yeah, knocked a couple back. Knocked a couple back, surprised a couple, you know. You, you, little you, on could, the down low. you couldn't stop him whether it was in the world of debauchery or females or uh sports, violence, you name it, he was on top of it. <laughs> I, I'm curious I'm the curious violence, about that. The violence is the violence is documented. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm, I'm business. Nobody else would fucking hire me. <laughs> what, uh, at your uh, fraternity, was what, did you have the slogan "Bros before hoes," and was that uh, practiced? Um, yeah, to a certain extent. Um, with my with my friends and acquaintances, I had it was more like one reason, one rule. You could have one girl, one fucking chick that you could say somebody else couldn't bang. One chick. Other than that, you're being fucking selfish. And you couldn't change that shit like a month from then or a year from now. You can't fucking do that. It's fucking ridiculous. Because everybody's like, oh, I'm talking to her. I'm talking to her. No, put your ex-girlfriend on that, that you're really pissed if someone's going to bang. 
and that's your one shit, you know? Otherwise, you take off and everybody else lights through them, so. Now, Tony, a lot, a, of, a lot of people say that fraternities are really just covering up a lot of latent homosexuality. How, <laughs> how homoerotic do you think the, the fraternity system was? Uh, I don't know. There's probably a couple dudes here and there. I mean, I couldn't give a crap what people do. So, you know, if a couple of them ended up swinging that way, uh, I never heard about it. But, you know, who cares? I didn't care. <laughs> did, you, did, did you ever have an accidental three-way where the guy kind of touched you and not the girl? No, no, no. We, uh, we had a couple. Of, I mean, do you call it a three-way if it's more of a double team? I like to use the word double team. You know, you're at opposite ends and you're both, you know, coming at it. So Yeah, I think that's um, the sports but, side of you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's the uh, insecurity I have when it comes to as close as you get to uh, being in another naked room with a naked guy and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't think I ever accidentally, if I did, I was so fucked up, I didn't know. But uh, it, I don't think it would be more than a brush elbow or switching positions or some shit like that. All right, we'll, we'll take that as an apology to anybody out there who might have touched <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, how, how, about, how about frat boy? Like, I didn't realize that, like, that frat boy one was such a derogatory term and that two, I might have been part of this whole problem of, of frat boys. Like, did, did you become aware of that only after college? I mean, frat boy. I, no, I was aware. I was aware of it in college, but it's more like I just kind of um, took. You know, you want, you define yourself. You know what I'm saying? Other people True. are gonna run around, and there are people that lived up to that stereotype. You know, they thought a fraternity made them and shit. I joined it because you know there were some cool dudes in my fraternity. I like. I really liked hanging out with. There were a couple dudes that you know tried to tried to tried to live up to that stereotype, but uh, I don't think I was one of them. Meanwhile, there's like a thousand chicks walking around going, "That fucking frat dude." <laughs> <laughs> Describe to us where are you exactly right now? Uh, I'm in Kansas City. I had to fly out here to uh, meet a client. I actually had to move one of my trucks because I was a uh, driver short. Um, one of my drivers got sick. Um, I don't know if it was fucking COVID or whatever, but he got sick, so he wasn't able to go on to pick up this truck. So I flew into Iowa, brought this truck down here, and I uh, had to get some permits for some other trucks while I was down here because they weren't ready. And I ended up coming over to the casino, and you know what happens in the casino. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we all saw that great movie. Uh, <laughs> how did you get into trucking, man? How did you become a trucker? Because you didn't grow up a trucker. No, no. I, um, you know, my parents from New Jersey, they retired out to Kentucky uh -huh. and uh, they bought like 60 acres out there. My mom was from Kentucky. And uh, so they were just on that retirement trip. My mom got um, uh, terminal ill with cancer and I went out there just to help her out for like a year, um, last year, year and a half of her life. And then I, there was no, there's no jobs in Western Kentucky whether your personal training or professional jobs, nothing. So I got a, got my CDL through Greyhound in Nashville, Tennessee, just to have some work while I was there. Cause this Western Kentucky is probably only about 50 minutes away from uh, the Nashville spot. When I did that, I ran into these guys doing this drive away, um, which is uh, like, if you see bucket trucks and crane trucks, that go to work sites and are used to yep. like put up telephone wires and stuff. 
I drive, my drivers drive those all over the country from the fleet yards to there, and then they go. Literally from um, Miami uh, up to Portland, Oregon. Um, and it's just, it just goes with whether they're buying it or renting it and what size they need and, um, for, for a specific job. So there might be a truck right around them, but it doesn't have as long enough of a boom or a crane to do the job they need. So it's just, a, it's just a real weird, weird thing. Anyway, I ran into some people in, um, Nashville that did it at Greyhound and, uh, I just started doing it. So I had a job when I got back to Florida. And then I realized, you know, what the profit margin was in it and, um, you know, started my own company. Well, we, I got to go back. Were you, were you driving an actual Greyhound bus? I was actually driving a friggin' Greyhound bus. Man. I, my fraternity brother, Wexler, you know, Wexler, Captain. Yeah, we can, I can probably get him on the phone now to have a three-way. I, I only <laughs> did it for like seven months, right? I only yeah. did it for about seven months before I got in the drive away. But every time I'd see him for the next friggin' 10 years, he'd be like, I heard you're driving a bus. No matter how many time, times I'd tell him, hey, started my own company, did this. Hey, I heard you're driving for Greyhound. Every time it was like burned in his brain. You know, he's, like, yeah, he's, he's just jealous, man, because he's still living in his mom's basement. Um, <laughs> like when driving, a, tr driving a, a Greyhound bus, how many people on there do you think voted for Trump? What percentage? Um, nice segue, by the way. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I'd say out of my drivers, probably half of them, which is oh. really surprising. You know, well, I'm um, thinking, I'm thinking passengers, not drivers. Like, with the people you put on that, the Greyhound, like oh, on the bus. Yeah, on the bus. I, I don't know, because when I drove that bus, it was years ago. Um, before even Trump took into office. But if, if I take that demographic, I, these might be the people that aren't voting enough because it's definitely a low-income demographic, you know? Yeah. Um, did, you, did you have several routes that you would drive the bus from? Like, because I guess the demographic is also geographic, right? Yeah, but mostly mo more low-income, more like household income is, um, is, I guess what I'm trying to say is like they're, um, financial demographic, regardless of where they're from, uh, it was kind of on the lower end. So, but yeah, we went we went through every like major town and stuff like that out of Nashville. And like I said, I did it for like two months when I got back to Florida out of Orlando and stuff. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. I mean, I would want to say it's a low percentage because I think more of you know, how many people would he be helping, which would be such a small percentage out of that. But, you know, yeah. people surprise you with why they're following him and stuff. And I, I can't figure it out. How, you know have you, how have you navigated that in the trucking world? I have to imagine in your kind of business interactions, you come across a lot of people who are, uh, you know, pretty polarized in their political view. Yeah, they are. You know, it's funny, I guess with my clients, they kind of, keep it to themselves for the most part but there'll be a little pro-trump statement here and there from a couple people i don't bring it up because you know business excuse me business is business uh-huh um, i don't want that to affect a relationship and in the beginning to be honest you know uh i didn't vote for trump but i was sitting there when he won and i was going there's no way 
There's just no fucking way this guy can be this stupid, this hateful, this angry. And he had to use it as a ploy. And I mean, I just kept waiting and waiting for him to be like, all right, I'm in the office, in the office, I'm going to do shit. Even though I didn't believe that in the beginning, you know, I had to try to believe that after he got elected, but um, he is who he says he is. So, <laughs> so, so when, when people talk about, uh, you, you know, I have, I have a lot of my black friends in Chicago that say that there's nothing about Trump that's surprising to them. They think he reveals what has always existed in America in terms of, uh, in terms of race and his own race baiting. Was that obvious to you or no? Um, yes. What he's doing is obvious, uh, subtle statements. You know, he tries to disguise it. So he always has a back door to back out of. So he, he can say, oh, well, I didn't mean it like this. Um, but as far as like, uh, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I grew up in an entirely white town. Um, so it's just no weird. shit. You, there was, it was like, you were the, you were the one black guy with all white kids. Yeah, just about, you know, uh, we were one of the first black families to move there. We actually had to have a white family, um, act like they were buying the house in the town. My dad was working for Johnson and Johnson at the time and, uh, they helped him get the house in East Brunswick because there were like no black people in there. Um, there was, I think there was two other families, Johnson's and the Holders. And uh, only one of those families had, a, a, oh, the Robinsons. And so there was like four, including us. And you know, there weren't in a low income housing uh, neighborhood or something like that. That's wild, man. I, I think for our listeners, just a quick, uh, quick US government background that the United States government banned, banned black families from getting, uh, getting mortgages and in most municipalities blacks were not allowed to take deed to a property it was uh, illegal and it was enforced by the police department uh, until fair housing was passed in uh, 1968 and it still took time after yeah. that to enforce it so yeah which is right when i was born yeah so my parents bought that house in 68 like a month a month, month before a month after i was born shit man yeah, so that's right when I came in. But my dad had a lot of things going for him. He was at, he actually went through all that bullshit because he was an officer in the military uh, back in like 58. So he was like through that Jackie Robinson shit. He was special forces, um, airborne, Green Beret, had all that training compacted um, into like a, a seven month course. Um, and he they were getting ready to, was it Vietnam or Korea? I, I, my dad was a badass. But anyway, he had a lot of backing, and that's how he ended up getting that job at Johnson & Johnson. And uh, he, he was pretty well connected just through the military service. I think your dad's the dude we should be talking to, not you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't dead, I'd put him on. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Uh, so, you know, grow, growing up as the only black kid in, in an all-white town, I mean, did, did it just become normal to you, or was there always sort of a weirdness to it? Well, it's it, it was... It was normal, but you'd always have some random reminder, okay? So, like, um, I mean, I'll be blunt. I'm a fucking yeah, kid. be blunt, man. That's why we got you on here. I played football on this team called St. Bart's uh, Buffaloes, right? It was a Catholic school um, team, but it was public for, the, you know, anybody could join the football team. Uh -huh. And it was, like, six, I was sixth grade, so I was 11 years old. And my parents, for the first time, couldn't bring me to the game. So they put me in this station wagon that I never got good feelings about this family about. They had 
uh, three brothers in there. Uh -huh. um, one was my age, one was older, one was smaller. So we get it. I get in there. We're riding to this place, and and I guess they had a station wagon, so they asked if if they could bring me. Um, the little kid, the youngest one, who was probably like nine years old, goes, "You're a fucking nigger, and I hate niggers." <laughs> now, as eleven year old, you go like, "What the fuck," you know, and you just kind of look around. The mom. The mom turns around, all right? You expect him to be scolded or something. And Absolutely, says, yeah. And says, tell him why. <laughs> and holy shit, I don't even think I can remember anything after that because I just remember looking at the mom going like, what the fuck is going on? I remember I wouldn't fucking ride back with him. But like, that's being in East Brunswick and that's when you get the reminders because as kids, the kids don't, you know, you got one douchebag kid in every grade that's going to say something. Sure. But other than that, you know, I was friends with everybody growing up. And um, even the douchebags, you know, they come in and out of being douche, douchebags, you know, because they didn't completely know why they fucking hated me yet. I think they were just repeating shit their dad said at that point. How common was something like that? Was that a, a kind of regular occurrence? Was it one off every so often? It was, um, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, a couple, maybe one or two times a year. You uh -huh. know what I'm saying? Um, maybe a couple more the way I remember it. But, like, there's a couple that were so bad like that that I remember it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but otherwise, it might just be some little shit. But the little shit, like, I don't give a fuck about that shit, you know. Even, even with the racism and stuff, I don't give a fuck about racism existing in America. I just don't want unarmed people to be getting shot. You know, it's hard for a lot of people to do a lot of fucking things. So I just don't want unarmed people to get shot. And I don't want people to be able to send you to jail for longer than somebody doing the same, same uh, activity would be doing. You know, if we could get the judicial system and people not getting, unarmed people not getting killed, I'd be I'd be happy with that. As far as reparations and all that shit, I don't even give a fuck. You know, it, it's like the sh I like it's you know what I'm saying. I just want the basic rights because in America, you still can bust your ass and still fucking crush shit. As long as I mean, you could you could buy a hot dog stand and make probably a hundred grand a year if you if you figured it out right. You know. And if I have thought about that before, by the way. If you have a hot dog that? stand in a place where there's a lot of bars, you're gonna do good. Yeah, you know what? Uh, is, here's, here's free money for you, all right? Because I'm probably never going to do it. What you do is you get that hot dog stand, you get the schedule from the city planner, uh -huh. and you um, coordinate with all the intramurals, all the children's intramurals um, activities. Way more activity. They'll keep coming back. They're not just going in and out of the bars at the times when they leave. Now, the bar scene will definitely be awesome, but I'm talking about there's an all-day thing. So you can wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning, those games usually start at 7 a.m. going to like 12 or 1. And you've made just as much money in the morning as you'll make at night. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just get hot dogs. That's what kids still, still eat. You know, Dude. sell them hot dogs, do that how, shit. How about that? A free business idea that people just got. We should tell people, though, as a disclaimer, if you're on the sexual offender list, do not apply for the uh, children, children's <laughs> hot dog lesson. Yeah, I never even thought about that because, you know, I'm not a fucking sexual offender. But, yeah, yeah I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, yeah, let's focus on getting the pedophiles off the fucking street. Yeah. You know? 
Um, all, all the people that are racist out there, I'm just wondering, like, really, are black people really on black, black people, immigrants, all these people really um, on your list ahead of the ahead of these pedophiles and rapists and shit? Well, so I don't know. We, 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 the, the, speaking of that, we did have a guest on here before who was uh, into the QAnon conspiracy, which is pretty obsessed with uh, child molestation and uh, child kidnapping and shit like that. So I think there is a segment of the population that uh, for some reason that's who they're after yeah well good somebody's got to fucking focus on them because you know seems like they get away with it left and right it seems like if you're paying your taxes people do really don't give a fuck what you're doing do you do you have a do you have a cutoff personally in terms of a, a girl like what is it 18 16 20 21 how young is too young when you're a, when you're dating well i'm married Okay. We're gonna but, imagine uh, we're gonna we're gonna imagine you're not married or before you were married. So no offense to your your wife. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say it. It was fucking definitely 18. I wouldn't seek 18, but like, you know, if a girl looked young, I'd be like, "How old are you?" After I turned 30, I probably only banged like maybe I don't know 10, 18 year olds, 18 to 21s, I think. Something After like 30, only 10, 18 are over. Okay. Yeah, it was just like, you know, you weren't really around, you know. Um, what did I say? I mean, because, you know, I was like the real-life Van Wilder at UF, so I was there for fucking ever. You were in college. Well, you've got some competition of mutual friends, but what would you do, 10 years? Uh, 14, 87 to 2001, baby. 14? When did you actually get your degree? 2001. That's oh, what I'm saying. I was like, I was fucking around at UF. I was in the fraternity. I wasn't even registered for classes like half of those years. <laughs> I was just partying. It was awesome. I, and then I, I faked my graduation um, because my dad had just about had enough. I faked my graduation. My dad came down, flew my grandparents from Kentucky down, my mom's parents. They gave me an explorer. Um, and yeah, I didn't even graduate because if you don't know, there is no they sign you up to walk. You just go sign up for your um, cap and gown and you list your college and this and that. So I'm walking across the stage and this was like 1996 and I shake my Dean's hand. Uh huh. And he just had me in the office shit, three weeks before where he just got me back into the school. Like I wasn't even registered for classes that semester. <laughs> it was insane and i so, walked he looked at me like wait what the fuck i just shook his hand like smiled and walked walked away well it's crazy but i didn't obviously i didn't get my degree i think i told my, my parents some bullshit on that and then i had to come clean with them like a year later dude this deserves further investigation i mean faking your death is the best that's the coolest thing someone can do but you're you're like up there in the upper echelon you faked your own college graduation and you got your poor grandparents to buy you a car. Uh, no, well, that was that was my parents. My my grandparents just flew down. My parents bought me the car. My dad bought me the car. So did you have to return the car after you fessed up? No, no, no. I was good. <laughs> what, what was their reaction when you said, "Oh, by the way, I didn't really graduate. I, I faked that whole thing." Just, just complete and utter shock that I had the balls to do it, and like obviously disappointment, and think you know. I think feeling like, I mean, I was embarrassed at the time too. I laugh about it now because I just think, what the fuck was wrong with me? Um, but you know how much I was partying then. I could rationalize anything in my fucking head. 
14 years, man. I mean, do you blame, do you blame the American education system on that? Systemic, no, 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 systemic no, no. racism or I just bl- your own blame, issue? I blame, I blame my dad for not giving me enough time with women. And then when I got to UF, I just exploded and that's all I wanted to do. And that's the truth. I mean, I don't really blame my dad, but you know, those are the reasons, you know, I, I knew I got there. I didn't even know what the fuck to do. And I just, uh, I love pussy, man. <laughs> so, so do you think if you got, if you were getting laid more in high school, college would have been a totally different experience for you? I do. I do. Because, uh, I mean, I got, I graduated with like a three, seven GPA. So, I mean, my grades in college were awful. I mean, I came there on an engineering scholarship. So my, like I was, very capable of doing shit but i was sitting up talking to girls that i wasn't even getting laid by freshman year um instead of doing my homework and stuff you know what i'm saying i was just so happy to be uh be able to be social now do do you do you think you started getting laid because there were white women that they were looking for something exotic or did something in you turn around where you were like you just you got more mojo going on well, yeah, it's a little bit, I think it was more mojo because I'd been in a situation a million times, even freshman year, where bitches wanted to fuck. I mean, they, girl, they wanted to fuck, but I just couldn't close because I didn't have enough experience. Okay. And then, you know, and I say bitches, I don't really know. Yeah, no, like we that. know. It's just a form of Because I, I will tell you, one of the reasons, half the reason I got laid is because I was a nice guy. I know you guys didn't see that at the fraternity and shit when I was just raging and shit. But girls fucking dug me because I actually did listen to them and they s- talked to somebody that was intelligent, you know? So they're seeing me out drunk and then waking up next to me and talking to me, it was a totally different thing. So it wasn't Rage or Tony that was really getting laid. So for listeners who aren't familiar, I mean, what, what advice do you have to give to those who aren't closing? Guys that just can't, even women maybe, that can't close the deal. What do they got to do to turn into a closer you know what just um make them smile and when they smile that's when you go in for the kiss they don't kiss you when they're smiling they're not going to kiss you i think that was my number one rule. <laughs> what a great tip <laughs> you know that was it you know they start smiling they got them endorphins going through them they're digging what you're saying it didn't always work but i think it was uh more of a tell than anything else i ever went by I want to know what my, my co-host thinks of that because he's actively dating in the world of, uh, of Tinder. What, you, you agree with that advice? Wow, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very impressed with, um, with all of it. It seems like uh, I really missed out by not going to a fraternity because um, <laughs> I think I'm just experiencing now in my uh, early 40s what you may have experienced for going to school for such a long time. It sounds amazing. Like, uh, and I, I'm just curious, like, what made you... Uh, or did you ever like say I'm done with it? Because obviously you graduated in 2001, so there was kind of a choice there to be done with well, the university. So you mean I'm done with just like because because one thing one of the things that UF was so awesome was every summer B there was just a group of chicks that did not know me that did not know I was a douchebag, you know, so to speak. That did not know I was just going to bang and just keep going. And every time I saw a pretty girl, I was going to, you know, go on to the next. So. I don't, you know what, it got old a couple times during that 14 um, year span. But what's funny is it would get old, you date somebody, and then you you realize like, fuck, I don't want to date anybody. And you get back out there and it'd be fun again. 
So after like the third time that happened over six, the first like six years, I realized like, okay, I just like when I felt like I was over it, I was like, okay, this is just a, this is just a lull. Don't get crazy. You know, don't lock down with anybody. It's going to come back. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it always would. That's why I didn't get married till fucking, I was 40. No shit. 50. Right before I was 50 wow. years old. I started dating this girl when I was 45. I met her when I was 45. So, so you just got married, Dave? Yeah. I think I, met your, I think I met your wife in Orlando. Um, <laughs> One of the only black chicks you've ever seen me dating? Yeah, well, that, 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 that's the next line of questioning, man. How did you, you know, you, you, were, you were the only black guy in an all-white town in Jersey. You, in college, my memory is you were, you were mostly, if not always, with, with white women. How did you make the transition? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't even a transition. Uh, when I went out, just because of the fraternity, because of a lot of my friends, that's who I ran into most of the time. When I ran into black chicks that I, you know, thought were intelligent, we spoke a lot, and, um, you know, I really dug what they were saying, I liked them too. Um, you know, s some black di chicks didn't like me. Like, damn, you sound white. You sound so fucking corny, <laughs> you know? They'd say some shit like that, but... I also dug a couple of black chicks to where, where I had a good time, but you know, places we were going out, you know, it was majority of white chicks, you know? So, and, and I just met this girl down there. She was getting her master's down in, um, uh, at FAU. I met her when I was uh, down there on business and yeah, I just hit it right off. She was really intelligent. Um, intelligence reminded me of my mom, I guess. But um, there's a couple chicks that I did that were white that I could have ended up marrying. This chick just caught me at the right time. Uh, and she's cool as fuck and accepts me for exactly who I am. You know what I'm saying? Which is a lot, you know. <laughs> how long, that is a lot, I will say. But how long have you been married for now? Two years. And right. like I said, uh, dating for seven. Let's, inter so, let's interview again five more years and see if you're still being accepted. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, seven years is pretty good. I, I mean, I've dated plenty of girls. You know the cracks. The cracks showed up early. You know, but um, she's 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 not as uh, docile as you might have uh, seen. You know, down in Orlando or wherever we saw. So uh, I accept her too. She's pretty crazy. Or would you say are your friends now? Are, are more of your friends black? Are they mixed? Are they white? Like your kind of tighter group of friends there? Um. You know, Jay fraternity brother he's sure, still one sure, of my sure, best sure. friends um i got one dude antoine you know i don't know probably out of like 15 15 of my best guy friends probably four black gotcha i mean do you see do you see yourself as an equal opportunity dude or do you, do you find you you kind of see clearly the differences in race now and you and you prefer one over the other or is it almost blind to you now it's it's really blind and i really talk to people on you know, it's not even if you have an urban accent or where you're from. I like to talk to people that can, uh, you know, convey their thoughts well, articulate their thoughts. And if you can't do that, I don't care where you're from, you know, or if you got a lot of anger and fucking hatred in you, you know what I'm saying? I don't have time for it. I don't have time for that shit. So I want people that are focused, you know, moving forward. You know, you surround yourself with those people, and uh, it really does help you out a lot. So and I you, went through a lot of picking, like, some of the wrong friends, too, you know, hanging around people with the wrong mental uh, attitude. Yeah. 
you know, in, in, re, in regards to that and, and, you know, different races, when, when you started dating, you know, were, were dating more black women, were they impressed at your ability at cunnilingus? <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know, you know, we know the stereotype. So That's why I'm asking. I'm not even, uh, there's, I can't even tell you. Oh, you know what? Okay. With a lot of black chicks, I'll tell you, they don't like the fingers in and the tongue as much as they do the over the top, just back and forth. Um, got you. I got my um, instructional for that back in the day from a um, chick I dated that ended up being gay, you know? Um, whether I turned her gay or not, that's another story, but. Uh, oh. Uh, you know, she, she, but no, but she's, she's cool. I mean, she's, she was cool, but she, she was like, this is what you do that can, because she was with a lot of chicks. So I just fucking asked her, I was like, give me your number one technique. And we went through it. And what's funny is a lot of people would just, I start to go down on a girl and they'd be like, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then like, all of a sudden they're like, okay, I get it. Now that is mainly with white chicks. Like I said, black chicks go like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" Like, I don't, I don't know what the hell the exact problem was with that technique. With a, and also taking the mind, I've only been like probably seven black chicks. Okay, so hey, that's over, that, that over that's now. approximately seven more than almost any white guy in America. So you're yeah. so I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, like I said, that, that's that's always that's always a weird thing that I feel like they reacted different or they think I'm getting freaky, which always fucks with your fucks with your uh, mojo when you're down there when they're going what the hell. But most chicks, you're like just sit tight and fucking just wait a second. Absolutely. Well, I, I think um, you, you might appreciate uh, Rod. I just sent you a commercial. Are you able to read that? Yeah, I got it. We have we we have to give out a shout out to. Uh, Tony, this is this, this, this is a sponsor of ours. I think you might uh, find a very interesting the sponsor. Uh, Rod <clears> has <throat> never seen this uh, commercial before, but he's going to read the commercial right now. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, thanks for sending me the copy. Um, are you worried, scared you're not doing the right thing, wondering if you can even leave your home? Well, you're not alone, and we understand. You've heard about these things called masks, but aren't quite sure how to wear it, or how big it should be, or what kind of fabric or color. And are you still worried? You know about the, that other thing. You might know it as the CC, but it's okay to talk about it. Corona cunnilingus. How can one still enjoy the pleasures of vaginal aperitifs with the threat of a ventilator looming overhead? Well, fear no more. The Munch Mask is here. Munch Mask uses a patented Lycra-type fabric to guarantee breathability and flexibility to maximize your munch time while delivering easy wipe technology to expedite the transitions back to your daily life, all in your choice of 13 delicious colors. And remember, all those smells of the city that made you nauseous or that rotting fish odor that used to make you gag? Not with Munch Mask. Our patent-pending Schnauzgard keeps the yummy smells in and the yucky ones out. The Munch Mask is a fully inclusive mask. That's right, Munch Mask has been tested and approved for anal snacking so that no matter your sexual orientation, you can transition safely from grocery shopping to enjoying some much needed oral satisfaction. So stop worrying and start munching. 
Munch mask is not approved by the FDA as a dental dam and cannot be responsible for the transmission of chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes 1, 2, or 3, syphilis, SARS, COVID, or the hiccups, but it may, be ca it may cause rash, swelling, itchiness, sweat, uh, scratchiness, facial uh, deformities, or suffocation. Thank right. you for that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're one of our sponsors there, so we wanted to make sure we got that out. Um, you know, so now that you're, you're married, you're, would you say your life is settled now? Um, <clears throat> no, no, I'm still fucking pretty much raging. I got a group of friends that kind of had their wife and stuff. I, <clears throat> my wife still allows me to go on guy trips and stuff. And, you know, she can go on girl trips like, the, so yeah, I still get pretty fucking nasty out there. Do Vegas a couple times a year. I'll be Vegas the 21st and had a pretty good time in the Key West last week and down in Clearwater Beach, beach a couple weeks before that. So almost sounds like you're like a comedian or a musician on tour, given your next dates where people can find you. Hey, you know, it's usually I got a couple groups of friends and they're and they're handling. You know, they're always like, "Hey, we're going down here," and with the COVID. We're not going out that much, but we are staying in the same place and you know just having a good time. So yeah. So how has how have things changed for you during COVID? Um, <clears throat> just slower, I guess. Yeah, just slower. I mean, I don't really go out at home that much. Um, I might go have a couple of drinks where I'm getting a meal. You know, they've got the social distancing in plan. All right. All right. We're back. We're back on air. Walker, Tony, I got to ask you, do you think this is an example of systemic racism, what's going on? Because um, two times in a row, you have had trouble getting into Zoom, and yet you're a very capable <laughs> person. You're a business owner. Um, you're an intelligent man, 3.7 GPA. Uh, what's happening? Out of, high, out of high school. Out of high school. Let's point that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back. Thanks for giving us another 10, 15 minutes of your time. No problem. You, you've, got, you've got good stories from the past. Um, you know, um, amongst your amongst your groups of white friends, you know, being the only black, are, are are people coming to you as like explain everything to us? Like, do you, have you become that person where they they want to know kind of Black Lives Matter, man? What what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, some of them do, um, but just like for everybody else, it's fucking exhausting sometimes, you know, because some of the stuff you think some people know, uh -huh. but surprisingly they don't, but. At the same time, most of my friends that I deal with on a normal basis, um, do, you know, approach people the correct way. Everybody's going to have their, you know, um, I don't know, just certain reactions to things they don't understand that, uh, might offend somebody just because they don't know. But, um, it's the way you, I don't know. Way, way you respond to other people's reactions that really tell 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 them about you. So when you What's see the, when you see someone's offended, then how you react then is really what tells that person uh you know what you really think, not that you were like you know, might have said something insensitive initially. You know. What's the uh, most common misconception that you uh, that you hear the the most frequent <clears throat> most frequently? Well, well, with the Black Lives Matter. Um, it's just people keep changing the fucking narrative. And I think it's, um, 
op opposing factions, more conservative than anything, that want to change the narrative from people wanting uh, unarmed, unarmed black people to stop getting shot by police to them not thinking these people should have been arrested or um, they want reparations for everything. I mean, they've got to throw all these things on there to make it seem like it's un, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's too over the top, everything, what they're asking for. All right. But I don't really think that's the BLM movement really doing that all the time. I think it's other people trying to do that to make it seem like, oh, they want everything free. No, just stop fucking shooting unarmed black people and, you know, stop, you know, sentencing one black dude that gets arrested for, I don't know, drugs to 25 years and a white counterpart to, you know, six months, six months um, in jail and two years probation or some shit like that. You know, that's where the parody has to be. Um, that's where there has to be more parody. Do you have and any official system and uh, shooting of unarmed, unarmed black individuals? And it's not even shooting, shooting them, okay? Because maybe some people are going to do that anyway. But when they shoot them, we wouldn't even be in this situation if the officers that shot them went to jail. That's all that needs to happen to have this not go anywhere. All the cases gets, gets, um, get dismissed all the time. These people are off work for a couple months and then come back for shooting someone unarmed, not threat, laying on their stomach, you know, shit like that. That's why people flip the fuck out, all right? It's not because, you know, this officer was in danger and he shot someone when he could have tased them, you know? It's somebody being handcuffed or running away and getting, like, shot 21 times in the back or getting shot in front of his daughter and his and his babe and his, and his child's mother right in the car seat. That's the kind of shit where we're like, what the fuck, you know? And they try to, they try to turn all these other ones around in saying blue lives matter. Yeah. Blue lives do matter, but saying blue lives matter doesn't mean you can't say black lives matter. And that's, what's really fucking annoying. It's like, you don't have to choose one or the other. Why can't we say bad cops lives Bad cops' freedoms don't matter. They need to go to jail for the shit that they do, you know? And nobody will address that when it comes up and say, okay, okay, you guys just want the bad cops to be put in jail when they shoot somebody. That will deter other bad cops from shooting unarmed, um, non-threat individuals. Yeah, um, you know, that, that all hey, makes... Yeah, I'm going to have to cut this a little short. Cool. Well, uh, we, we, will, we will get ready to end it. I, I think those are uh, our prophetic words. Do you, do you have a, a personal story you want to share of something in your own life with police um, that didn't go the way it should have? Uh, I'll tell you one right at UF. All right. All right. Um, I was with my boy Casey. Uh, I think we had left Groove and we went the porpoise or salty dog just to salty. be clear those are uh, drinking establishments to the uninitiated yeah. went to salty dog and um we're walking out with these two girls one was blonde that was with him the girl i was with was uh had red hair blue eyes just about maybe two three inches shorter than i am she was like 5 11 right knockout 
So I walk out, my arms around her, we're just like fucking laughing. Um, start walking down the sidewalk and a cop comes running across the street, fucking gun drawn, going, get your fucking arm off of her. Get your hands off of her. Get your hands off of her. Fucking the people I'm with think I'm a fucking criminal and they think he's coming to fucking arrest me. I know I haven't done anything wrong. So I'm looking at him. It takes a while for a minute to register. Get your hands off of her. And I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, these are my fucking friends. These are my friends. He starts to put his guns away and they're going like, what the fuck is going on? And they're all, I think they're almost scared to, um, to uh, like say anything because they think I've done something, I've done something fucked up. He's got his gun drawn. I go, would you just tell him that I'm fucking friends with you? I say that to the girl. And she says, yeah, we just, we went out together. And he starts putting his gun up and walking across. I was like, yeah. and I ended up cussing him out as he was walking away. But that was like, shit. I don't know. That was back when you were probably there too. Probably like 2000, something like that, 99. I got asked, then, did, did you still get laid after that? <laughs> no, no. You know what? You know what I was doing with it? And uh, I turned her off because uh, fucking this idiot Casey was supposed to catch me. But regardless, I did the whip it. Did it whip it or pass out? I can't remember. Anyway. We, we got to let our people know, man, that whippets are nitrous oxide. There are a lot of our listeners aren't familiar with them. Uh, as having small kids, I still, when I open up the whipped cream, the first thing I do is I suck out that, uh, <laughs> that NO2. Yeah, so I fucking hit, I, um, hit that. And we had done it a couple times, but this last time, I rip out a fucking fart, apparently, while I was passed out. And the guy moves out of the way to catch me, and I just fucking hit the floor. And, uh, yeah, I guess that was the turnoff for the night on that one. I didn't fucking hook up with her that night. But well, I did hook up with her that I don't know. I don't know. It had to be over half a year later. Good, good ending. Good end to the story, man. To, clo- to close out, the... Uh, <laughs> Today, the kids are into the Molly. You used to be into what was known as the Rolls. Uh, what, what, what's your preference? Have you tried the latest version? Uh, well, they, they've, still got, they've still got the Rolls. <laughs> they've still got Rolls. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> how, how, would you, how would you sum up the difference just to the uninitiated between a Roll and a Molly? I would say uh, if I have tried them if, recently. If, if. if I have tried them recently. The ones I tried most recently would be comparable to the best from the past, but it, it had been a, it, it's probably been a long time since they've been up there. But like I said, that's that's a few and far between. You know, New Year's here, Key West there. Who who knows? Yeah, <laughs> understood, man. Um, well, thank you for spending time with us today especially while you're on a hot streak in a casino in Kansas City. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, you guys, like you guys said, you probably saved me. Like I said, leaving, um, counting it up, I pulled out 1,100. I'm walking away with uh, 2,900. So it's like 1,800 up. I ended up. Dude, work, working and trucking and being in Kansas City, how do you avoid the mob? <laughs> I don't know anything about the mob <laughs> at all. Like, honestly, so I don't even know how that would affect it. Maybe if I was doing freight, it might be an issue. Gotcha. Well, that's good to know. So the mob's all bullshit. Scorsese's been making this stuff up because I thought they were well, in the truck. No, no, don't put me on tape with that. I don't know if it's real or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh,
Take care, dude. You too. Thanks, Tony. No problem, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well. Well. That was something. Wow. That was something. That was something. Wow. I, uh, I didn't know you could go to college for so long. That's amazing. I thought that was like a Dutch thing of, the, of those days because then you would just get paid to go to college for as long as you wanted to. 14 years. You know, I knew him for a very long time, but I, I left college many years before those 14 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea. He doesn't even remember because in 2000, I was long out of that college. He's you like, were long gone, yeah. Like, I think you were still there. No, I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. 14 years. Well, I, I don't know what that says about our education system, but it does say college is a lot of fucking fun. So don't knock it till you've tried it. Yeah, I'd like to go back. <laughs> what would you do if differently if you could go back to college? I would definitely uh, not go to a city school. I would go to like a proper college college, uh, a state school of some sort, not spend as much money on it, maybe have a bit more time, uh, maybe join a frat. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. And why is that? Like, what's the issue with a city school versus like a middle of the nowhere college town? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think like, there's, there's, it's just not as exciting when you're, when you're not the majority. It feels like, uh, you know, the experience that you had probably, I don't know, if this is true or not, but it, it, it's really like, you know, it's not just the campus. It's all around the campus. It's, it's school is back. School is not there. It just seems like uh, the, the, the scale of it is much greater and, and that, that contributes to a, to a, a different atmosphere. Do you think if you were on a college campus today, you would be part of uh, what they're calling cancel culture? When people would come to uh, talk at the university, would you be out there protesting that their uh, racist or right-wing views uh, shouldn't be allowed? Uh, wait, so I would be, on which side would I be on? I I'm asking you. <laughs> this I, I, example. I, I don't know. Oh. I'm, as I'm asking, would you, like, thinking of yourself as a modern-day college student, would you be part of the movement out there protesting, picketing, uh, harassing the dean to make sure that certain people with generally offensive views were not allowed to uh, talk on campus? Or you not. know, I probably would. I probably would. I, I, you know, being like just, just yesterday, I was doing a session. I was uh, for, for adults, but one of the tools that we used, I, I realized how it was probably created by, you know, a, a middle-aged white guy. And you could, you could suddenly see how it's backfiring in an age where, uh, yeah, like it's not, it's the tool is called, uh, what would your mother do? And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a great way of actually thinking about, you know, different out of the box solutions to any kind of problem that you're trying to solve. But the thing is you can replace mother with anyone. I mean, it could be, what would Harry Potter do? What would, um, Joan of Arc do? What would, uh, mother Teresa do? What would Nelson Mandela do? any of these characters would give you a new lens, but we chose to call it, what would your mother do? And, uh, and, and it backfires when people say, well, my mother's actually a consultant. She would totally solve this in the, in the box kind of way. Like she would actually look at it from, from that perspective. I'm confused so, though, just because that, that seems about as generic as you can get since most people have a mother, although I, I, obviously there's reasons some might not know their mother. 
well, I, I don't see the problem with naming something. What would your mother do? I guess the the issue of it is that it it puts a mom into a role that is still there, but it ignores the other roles that they might have. It ignores the fact that they might have careers, but it's it's hoping to get the role of you know pure mother caretaker. Oh, and I understand what you're saying. So that's the, the, where it comes to. So it's like, yeah, so that's the issue. Gotcha. So the this. mothers who basically neglect their children for a career, um, or their mothers who neglect their children and their career to run off uh, having an affair, <laughs> those mothers are basically being dismissed. Ignored. Am I referring that's to my right. own mother? Possibly, <laughs> but we won't get into that. I'll save that for my therapist. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, so so those mothers are they're out. We don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there is there is one more option, which is that they could get you know be mothers and have that career. Uh, but but indeed, yeah, that's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, the whole cancel culture is weird because on one hand you want uh, you want to acknowledge the history where it comes from. You know, you don't want to just delete the page, like erase it. Yeah. Uh, so it's also about how it's being done. You know. Uh, but, uh, but I, you know, I'd probably, I mean, if, if it means getting laid, you'd probably say anything. So my guess is if you're in college, you'd, you'd just be like for all of those things. Yeah. Well, I've got to, I've got to share with you quickly that I did have the opportunity many years after college to go back to a college town, uh, the university of Wisconsin, uh, with an old college friend, uh, who, um, you know, was, very, 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 at a very easy time of uh, convincing the other gender to um, disrobe with him. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not have as much success at college. I was okay, definitely not at his level. Um, but over the years after college, I got in much better. And so the two of us thought we were unstoppable. We were living in Chicago together right around the time that we met. Um, so it was several years after college, went back to a college town uh, and stayed there all night with a quest of, of just getting laid and, uh, and, and chasing women. And one after the other, we'd be led on, might spend an hour to two hours together with you know, two girls, and eventually they'd sort of disappear on us. And we started the evening at like 4 or 5 p.m. And we're now on like our, I don't even remember, this is many, many years ago, maybe our sixth or seventh set of girls uh, probably <laughs> 3 a.m. at this point. They have... Uh, where, they, where is this? Is this, this in a is bar? Ma this is Madison, Wisconsin, in various is bars. Is this in a bar in Madison? Various bars, okay. It was probably in four or five different bars and restaurants. Um, and each one of these meetings was its own story. But the point is, us two guys uh, who were attractive, much older, had no problem in Chicago, thought we would go to this college town with such hubris we had. <laughs> and one by one, these very decent looking, but not stellar Midwestern girls kept finding a way to get away from us after an hour of enticement <laughs> uh, hanging out. It's now between three and 4 a.m. Uh, all the clubs have closed. The only thing left open is like, you know, that one pizza shop that all college towns have. You know, the first girls we approach of one, no shit, just vomits. <laughs> so we, <laughs> I remember we, we passed on her and we, we start walking around. We're, we're both kind of buzzed, not wanting to drive back. And um, this is a completely true fucking story, I swear to you. There, We're going by a dormitory uh, on, on the Madison campus there. 
and there are two girls on a park bench and you know your eyes as, as a single guy have lit up you know you have just seen santa come down the chimney and you are ecstatic <laughs> so we uh, we approached the the two and and our mindset at the time they were attractive who knows what they really looked like uh, they, were, they were definitely they were definitely college age, which is to say over eighteen, but probably over under twenty two. They, they were sitting on this bench, and the one girl was talking to her friend. She was she was consoling her, uh, and so you know we sat up and we're you know hey how you doing and we're we're being nice, um, like like Mr. Tony said you know you get the girl to smile. We were all about that, trying to get him to laugh, and this poor girl who was being consoled by her friend was really despondent, and. She, we couldn't understand why. She just kind of kept, she'd sob and then she'd, then she'd stop and she'd listen to us and she'd kind of give a light smile. Then she'd go back to kind of crying. And um, they, were, they were being nice with us. And, you know, of course, as two guys, we think, you know, it's happening and they're outside a dormitory. So we're like, you know, this is perfect. And finally, we can find out what happened. Like, why is this girl crying? Uh, and her friend consoling her. And I'll never forget this, probably until my deathbed, even with dementia. And the girl who's crying on the park bench says, nobody wants to fuck me. And the, the shit about came out my pants. I mean, my, my buddy and I both had to turn our heads around, bite our shirts to stop from cracking up. It was the ultimate twist of fate. If you believed in God, the moment was here. The Lord was presenting to us the ultimate opportunity when every other avenue had been closed to us in this town, literally closed. And at this point, you know, you don't want to blow it, right? It's like for people that play golf, which I don't, I'm imagining the ball is right before the cup when you hit it yeah. in. Um, I mean, yeah. It's there, like you. You can't. You can't fuck this up. You cannot. Yeah. And you know, and, and and the friend, of course, is trying to console <laughs> a friend. So we're we try to figure out like like how to get into the dormitory. And you know, the the friend who's consoling the girl that's crying who can't get laid is like, well, you know, you you know, we can't bring you in there. there it's uh, it's single sing, single sex dorm. You know, no no guys can go in there. And my buddy and I were masters at sneaking in anywhere. And we're like, well, look, you know, you're just going to, you're just going to, um, you know, put a little thing in the door there to wedge it open. We'll take that back emergency staircase. We'll get up. You'll let us in the back door on whatever floor you're on. We'll get in. No problem. Like we'll put, we'll put shirt, we'll put shirts over our head. We can hide ourselves. We had great ideas for them. And the friend was like not having it. And the girl who couldn't get laid, you could see her eyes were like kind of getting, you know, bigger. So this is a classic situation where the friend is sort of cock blocking. And so the two of us are sort of like, well, maybe we go for the threesome with the girl who can't get laid. And we, we push the other girl out. And her friend, the, the friend of the girl who couldn't get laid, was literally trying to pull her away from us. Oh. And all I can remember of the night, and, and, and by the way, the, the bench that we're talking on is maybe 25 feet in front of the doors into the building where the dormitory is. Uh, all I can remember us saying, I think in unison to the girl, uh, not the friend who was cock blocking, was, you know, you're going to get laid. You're going to get, we're going to get you laid. It's going to happen. It's here. <laughs> it's here. And it was like, 
It was like these. It was like these seeds in the movies, like when the when like the, the person's getting pulled back to like one side before the door closes between them, and they've got to like get under the door to get to the other side. And uh, you know, we're both like like kind of basically yelling for her at this point as her friend is like dragging her into the dorm. And I think one of us put her put her foot there to like keep the door open. And the poor girl who was still kind of half crying, but also I think slowly beginning to realize the possibilities of sex was on its way, um, was sort of giving the beginning of a longing look for us. And uh, God damn it, I'll never forget the clasp on that solid glass dorm door when it pulled shut. <laughs> and the, the two of us, you know, quote unquote, wild and crazy guys, were so despondent. Like, I don't know if you've ever actually truly been depressed, but when someone says, like, are you going to method act and you're going to go to a state of depression? I, that was it. Like, at that moment, after an entire evening that started 4 or 5 p.m., you know, we're on almost 12 hours of nothing more than chasing women to so, to so utterly fail and to understand that God, God is not loving. God does not care about your non-procreative sexual efforts uh it was the longest two-hour drive back to chicago of my uh, life it was uh you know to feel like worse than the guy living in the basement with his parents i mean just a complete and utter loser um like you know yeah you, 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 i don't know what a rape victim feels like but i think it might have been worse than that um, <laughs> it, it was just the, the shame, the distraught feeling that I had. Um, I oh, hope wow. I never have to live with again. Oh. Wow. So that's, that's my story. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, what a great one. Great so, story. I went back to and, college, and, buddy, and yeah. it was not a sexual success. So I wish you better luck. Oh, yeah. No, I, I predict the same for me. I predict worse. I think, uh, you know, by comparison, you were doing really well there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well i think maybe we'll leave that as our closing arguments for the day sounds good great uh sponsor by the way uh well done on uh getting them yeah and to uh any new listeners who picked up uh please uh catch munch mask and uh, uh website uh, munchmask.biz uh you'll i think really enjoyed it we've both enjoyed it uh really helpful in these times of need and worry uh forget about your need and worry get a munch mask and uh, yeah, I'm no, I'm no longer going to say God bless because as you all just heard, there is uh, no God in the world. But, uh, nope, take, clearly take not, but munch away. <laughs> <laughs>